Well, it's not going to be too hard to preach after that. Amen? Amen. Y'all can sit down. I ain't going to make you stand up the whole time. If you keep standing, I'll make you stand up the whole time. You know what I'm saying? It's so good to be here. It's an honor to be here with you today, man. I love your pastor. He's like a brother from another mother. I am that little brother that he had that he probably wished he didn't have. All right? Hush, Daniel. Okay, so, you know, there's a lot of things there, man. But when he called me and said, hey, man, I want you to come while I'm in Israel. So, and I want you to see what God is doing within our church. And, man, I'll tell you what. It is like night and day. God is doing some incredible things here with your church. And I want you to understand that it's not just in this community that the impact is taking place. It's outside this community as well. And you guys have got to keep going. You've got to keep pressing on. That's why you belong, right? Right? Come on. Now, look, here's the deal, though. I will tell you this. He and I are cut from the same mold. We're a lot alike. So if you don't talk to me, I'm going to suck this morning. If you talk to me, I'm going to preach hard. Amen? Amen. Now, that's a little bit better, okay? I'll... I'll I don't know about you, but I want to kind of dive into it. I don't want to wait. I think the word that God has given me is, is in the right time of season for you guys, especially within this series, the way Pastor Mark, uh, he started it last week, and I mean, he didn't hold anything back, so I figured I wouldn't hold anything back this morning either. Is that okay? Are you guys ready? Let's look at this. I got a question I want to ask you to get started this morning, okay? And when I saw this question, when, when I first saw it, it really hit me. I'm like, okay, God. Are you trying to give me this question to be able to ask everybody else? Are you giving me that question for me? So here's the question this morning. If you were a non-Christian and Christians treated you the way that you treat non-Christians, what would it look like? What if you were a non-Christian? Now, if you are a non-Christian this morning, you don't have that relationship with Jesus, this might not make a lot of sense to you as far as the question goes. By the end of this, though, it's going to make complete sense. But if you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you say you belong, what if you were not Christian and Christians treated you the way that you did? Not Christians. Look at it this way. Would you ever get invited to church? If you did get invited, would you, would you feel looked down on? Would you feel condemned? Would you feel loved? I mean, think about it. Church, here's the deal. People don't come in our doors and they don't feel like they belong because we don't show them that they belong. We don't give them the love of Christ. I mean, think about it. When have you done something that hurt Christ and yet he still loved you, right? It's called grace. The same grace he gives us is the same grace we're supposed to give everybody else. But is that easy or is that hard? It's hard. But Paul knew exactly what he wanted us to understand and what he wanted us to see. But at the same time, we got to understand something else. Christ made us alive. You understand that, right? And the same way he made us alive, he wants us to share that with everyone else too. Do you really think Jesus don't want people to belong? No. He wouldn't have sent his son if he didn't want us to belong. So whose job is it to help people belong? It's ours. Why do you think four points is here? Why do you think five points is here? Because we understand that there's a need. Not everybody gets that need though. You realize there's a lot of people sitting in their living rooms right now having a cup of coffee, watching TV, and not coming to church because they've already been hurt by the church. Not coming to church because they feel like they didn't belong, so they go to one and they didn't belong there, they're not going to go to anybody else. You don't know why? Because we're not inviting them to ours, right? How many of you invited somebody to church today? First service all over again. Here's my question. If you don't invite them, how do they know if they belong or not? What's your excuse? Why did you not invite somebody today? I'm jumping so way ahead of myself. I, this, this, this is just a, a burning desire. On my, 
The doors don't open. I understand why people won't come. But if the doors are open and they know where you are, why are you not inviting? How many people did Jesus invite to the cross? Everybody. How many people are you inviting to church? Nobody. What's the problem? What's the issue? Are you scared? I'm too scared. I don't want to talk to them. For real? You'll talk about anything and everything, but you won't invite somebody to church. Right? Come on. Do you really want me to get, get rolling? I heard this is the service where I can roll in. I ain't even looking at the clock right now. Come on. Amen. Like, think about it. We want them to come, but we don't invite them. Kind of like we want Jesus to come bless us, but we want to bless him with our life. Why? Jesus, come on, come on, hook, hook a brother up. Help me out. But yet Jesus is looking at you. Why don't you hook me up and help me out? Right? We open the doors and think people are going to show up. This is not a grand opening anymore. You guys are established. People are not going to come just to see, just to see. Oh, there's a new church on the corner. Let's go check it out. Y'all ain't new no more as far as a building, but you are new in Christ. So why are people not coming to see Oh, boy, I'm getting way ahead of myself. Are you guys ready for this? Let's look at what Scripture has to say about this. This is so good. Ephesians chapter 2. Paul is writing this to the church. And the reason why he's writing this is because he wants people to understand, yes, the resurrection happened. But this is what you should expect after the resurrection. It's kind of like, guess what's coming kind of thing. So let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sin in which you once walked. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Listen, Satan came for one reason, and that's to mess you up. He came for one reason, and that's to get in the way of what God has for you. It's so funny. People will come and talk to me. Pastor, I'm having such a bad day. And they start listening to things. I'm like, are you still breathing? Are you, are you, still, are you still able to talk? Are you still able to walk? Because there's a lot of people who got a lot worse than you. Somebody talked about me and hurt my feelings. Shut up. <laughs> like, for real? How many people did you talk about today and hurt their feelings? Come on. We like it when we do it to them, but we don't like it when the shoe's on the other foot, right? I mean, but, but look at this. We were dead in our sin. We were dead in our trespasses, but he didn't leave us there. Keep going. Look at this. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. How many of you say you're selfish people, Right? Yeah, you didn't invite nobody to church today. You wanted four points all to yourself. You were selfish. That was free right there. I'm just saying that. <laughs> Tweet that. No, don't do that. Please don't do that. No, I mean, think about it. Is that, that's how we, that's my church. That's my seat. Isn't it funny how we come into church these days and, and people have their names on their seats, but there's not a name on the seat, right? I mean, let's put this in perspective real quick. What if every single chair had somebody sitting in it right now and there was 50 people at that door? Who would get up and give their seat away for the person who don't have a seat? You see what I'm saying? Why, you, why will you not give your seat now? Because if you're not inviting, you're holding on to your seat. And that's good. Come on now, for real. Like, that was good. You know what I'm saying? Like, th I mean, think about it. Think about it. I want church to be standing room only, but I want the lost people to be sitting and the church people to be standing. Amen? Amen. Oh, boy. <laughs> he wasn't kidding. Second service is where I was going to get rolling. Get this. And we were in nature, children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But. How many of you read scripture and you always see, but. We think about it. How many of you got your Bibles this morning? I mean, look, where's the Bibles at? Where's the Bible? How many of you have read your Bible the last seven days? You've read it every day. Come on. And we wonder why we're not making a difference because we can't get in God's word, right? Whew. It's getting hot up here, right? You know what I'm saying? 
But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love within which he loves. Y'all don't believe that? Which he loves. That's you. You know that, right? He loved us. <laughs> Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with who? We were dead in our sin, but Christ said, I'm not going to leave you that way. I want to bring you to life. I want to make you alive, but you're not just going to be allowed to be alive. You're going to be alive with me, in me, through me, for me. That's what it's about. So you get this. It says, by grace, which is free. You understand that, right? Grace is free. By grace, you have been saved. Grace is free, but do we deserve it, church? I mean, think about it. Some of us sin on the way to church this morning when you got cut off on the road, right? I hope you didn't have a sticker on the back of your car, right? Or what about when you go into a restaurant? You got a table of four, and there's a party of 20 that went ahead of you. Give me my table! Right? They just took it. You saw them cleaning it. That's like, that's mine right there. And all of a sudden, they clean it, and they start moving it to fit the 20. Like, what are you doing with my table? That's kind of how you do it with my church. The church starts growing, but you don't want it to have them because you want what's yours. You don't want to invite nobody else in. Come on. And you belong. Ooh. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse seven. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It is a gift of what? It's a gift. It's free. We like gifts, don't we? How do you like getting gifts? Right? You know what I'm saying? Like my birthday's in two days. I can't wait. I'm getting something. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what it is, but the, the anticipation. My daughter's birthday was this past week. And all of a sudden, she was getting her gifts. And I remember when the doctor came in and said, your daughter's going to be born on January 19th. I said, no, she's not. And the doctor looked at me and he said, why? I said, that's my birthday. My day. He said, well, that'd be the greatest gift. I said, well, give it to me a week early. Like, so she was born on the 12th, a week early. She reminds me, she comes up, she goes, Daddy, I was the greatest birthday gift you ever got, wouldn't you? And I'm like, of course you were. Now, what you got for me? We like gifts. We like gifts. But how many of you like to give gifts? I mean, think about it. Do you like to give? Because, see, when you give a gift, it costs you something. When you receive a gift, it costs you nothing. Even if you go exchange it. Don't act like I'm the only one that's never done that. It don't cost you anything, but when you give something, it costs you something. Jesus Christ gave you grace, and it costed you his life, but yet he still did it. And as you give your life right with him, and you become that blessing to him, you become a gift back to the Father. Not only are you a gift, you get to give a gift just as he gave you. See what I'm saying? So look at this. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, and this is where it gets really good, not a result of works so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared him beforehand, that we should walk in what? In them. His plan for you. I don't know what God wants me to do. Have you asked? I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people. I just wish I knew what God wanted me to do. There's two simple ways to do that. Get in the word, get in the prayer life, and you're going to find it out. But see, that scares us to know that God has a plan. Because I don't know about you. I kind of like knowing what's coming around the corner. You know what I'm saying? I like knowing. I like, here's your son. I like knowing that. But how many of you like to be in control? Come on, be honest. How many of you like to be in control? With Christ, you're never in control. 
He is in control. And I've realized this, especially since I've been married, that whenever I I try to control something, I mess it up. Amen, fellas? Y'all with me? Like, and your wife walks in, see, if we would have just done it my way, I'm like, shh. No, don't do that, all right? I'm just saying, because then it gets worse. I realized, though, there were times in my life where I went to Christ, I'm like, God, this is not how I had it planned. And he makes it very clear, you think? Because if we went with your plan, we would not be going where I want you to go. He has a plan for you. And what I want you to understand is this. With that plan, you're chosen. You're equipped. You're valuable. You're loved and you're alive in that plan. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I can do what God called me to do. Yes, you can. You are chosen. He's not going to pull you out and say, hey, go change the world without me. That's not what he does. He says, let's go together. I'll walk hand in hand. So when we're chosen by him, we get to walk with him, which makes us equipped. And because we're equipped and we know what we're doing and how we're doing, because he's telling us we are valuable. There's value in your life because God's going to use you to change the world. And when you understand that you're valued, you realize I'm only valuable because I'm loved. And because I'm loved, I'm alive in him. What a better way to live. So I want to kind of throw some things at you this morning of why you belong. But I want you to get this stuff. You belong. The same reasons why you belong are the same reasons why the people are outside these walls right now belong. You belong for a reason. So do they. So when the pastor asks you, how many of you invited somebody to church and nobody raises their hand, you just said they don't belong. And it's not on you to decide that or not. It's on him. And last time I checked, it says in John 3, 16, this is free, for God so loved the world that every begotten son. Come on, y'all know that with me? God so loved the what? Is that everybody? So do they belong to? What you going to do about it? What you going to do about it? I mean, think about it. Let's look at this. There's a couple of things I want to I throw at you. A couple of reasons. Because I don't know if you understand this or not, but you're not a Christian because of all the, the good things that you do. You're a Christian because you chase after the one who did the greatest thing. Your good works ain't going to get you nowhere. But chasing the father who did the greatest thing, who sent his son, gave his life, that's what makes you who you are. That's what makes you belong. That's what makes you share the gospel. The gospel is not something that we hold to ourselves. He made it free for a reason. Because some people think they got to pay the price for the gospel. It's free. You ain't got to go up in the store and buy it. It's free. So why not give it? We don't like giving gifts, though. We want to keep the gifts to ourselves. Giving away a gift costs us something. Oh, I don't want to give away Jesus because I want all of him. There's enough to go around, I promise you. You ever been to a Thanksgiving feast and there's just enough to keep going and keep going? It's like, okay, God, are you feeding the 5,000 right now? Because there's still more food coming. I need to stop. The people need to understand there's enough of Jesus for them just as there was enough of Jesus for you. All right, so look at this. There's a couple of things that I want to show you of why you belong this morning. And the first one is this. God's power is undeniable. God's power is undeniable. Now, let me tell you something. When God shows up on the scene and he does something, you can't deny that. Look at your church now to where it was a year ago. You cannot deny God's hand on this place. You can't deny God's hand on you when he starts using you in ways that you never thought. Like, I mean, be honest with you, I never in a million years thought I'd be doing this. And here I am. I get to run my mouth for a living. Amen? Amen. It's fun. I mean, seriously. 
God can take anybody and everybody and he can use anybody and everybody. His power is undeniable. Jesus didn't leave heaven to make people good. He came to make dead people alive. You were once dead in your trespasses, but he made you alive in Christ. Look at verse four and five. It says, but God, there's that but again. This is a good one. Sometimes you hear, but like mom and dad talking to the kids, I want you to do this, but see kids, we don't like to hear that, do we? And when you look at Christ as your father and he says, I got all this for you, but I remember my, my parents, when they would always do that to me, I could not stand it. Now my oldest is nine. I'm like, Drew, can you go do this for me? But I'm like, I just sounded like my mom and dad. That's terrible. Like, you know what I'm saying? Don't act like I'm the only one that's ever been there. Right. I mean, think about it. There's always a but, but you know, something's going to follow. It's either going to be good or bad. But this is a good one because he says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. You can't deny that. Somebody walks up to you. You're different. Why are you so different? Well, Jesus Christ came in my life and changed me. How can you say that? Well, let me tell you. And then it's over. Like all, the, all you need is the door to crack open and you start talking about Jesus. And then they look at you and they'll be like, they can't deny the power of God on your, hand, on your life. No one can. And, and I want you to think about this too. We were dead in sin. We're alive now. Don't forget where you come from, but don't go back there either. See, here's the thing. I talk to so many people who say, Pastor, I've given my life to Christ, but I still want to do this and this and this. Why in the world would you want to go back to who you once were? I don't want to go back to that 13-year-old punk who didn't have it together. Man, don't laugh. That ain't funny. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to go back to who I was. And then at the age of 18, 19, when God really got his hand on my life, I don't want to go back to who I was. Why in the world do you want to go back to who you was? God changed your life for a reason. You were dead. Now you're alive. Learn from it. Grow from it. But move on. Move on. And when you move on, you understand this. His people are unstoppable. His people are unstoppable. I love this when, when we truly understand what God has done. See, I've made plenty of mistakes in my life. If you knew my story, but like, that's one messed up dude up there. And I'm like, yeah, there's some people in here who can vouch for those mistakes. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and don't go asking questions because they'll tell you the truth. Like who I was, I made mistakes. But I also have a God who loves me amidst my failures and my mistakes. He loves me for who I am, not who I tried to be. And when I understood this whole concept of, you know what, with God, his people are unstoppable. Big things happen. I mean, look at, look at verse 8, okay? Let's, just, let's go to Scripture and look at verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. When you get a gift and you love it, you talk about it. See, we talk about things that we love. And if you truly love Jesus like you say you do, you'll talk about him and you become unstoppable. Pastor Mark's been telling you about the rebellion, the student ministry at Five Point. He's like, will you share, share with, with the church? Because you guys have prayed for us, and, and some of you students have experienced some of those things at camp and, and coming on a Wednesday night, stuff like that. He said, explain the blow up. I said, okay, I'll try. I, I'll try. At the end of 2014, I knew that I was headed to Five Point. I, was, I came here on a Sunday morning, and before people knew where I was going, Pastor told you where I was going. I was like, you just let the cat out of the hat. You know, how am I going to get... So, 
in that moment when I was checking everything out, they were running about 55, 60 students on a regular basis. The first Wednesday night in 2015, which was the first night that we were there, we had 94 students. And we were like, man, this is awesome. This is great. A couple weeks later, you know, we're like, we're like, we're only six away from 100. This is awesome. The very next week, we had 130. Like 94 to 130. Like, what? Like, that was fast, you know? I, I, honestly, I was praying for 100 salvations for the year and 150 students by the end of the year. That's what I was praying for. So I thought that was a pretty reasonable goal. 60, 65 students, 100 students by, 150 by the end of the year, 100 salvations, that's a win, right? But when God gets a hold of something, his people become unstoppable. So our students started getting a hold of this. And they started realizing, because we went this whole hashtag run your mouth thing. You guys have seen it. You know about it. You've heard about it. You guys use it some as well. You cannot go to Easley without seeing a t-shirt. I've got more t-shirts coming this week. Come on, man. Walking billboards. There's nothing wrong with it, right? So they're walking around and I even went to Atlanta this weekend and I saw one of those shirts down there. Some of our church people, I was like, I'm in Atlanta. I can't even get away from it. Like that's awesome because they understood the concept. So in the midst of all this started going on, we go to camp. And, so, and your students went to camp with us, going to camp with us again this year. And one of the craziest things, I truly believe when God showed up, he knew what he was doing. So it was on a Wednesday, church day, but we're down there. It was on a Wednesday. We took a mall trip that day. Uh, people getting on my nerves. Students getting on each other's nerves. I mean, it's the middle of the week. Everybody knows. That's when everybody gets on everybody's nerves. If you've ever been to church camp before. We get back. Free time, all this kind of stuff. Well, dinner time's happening. Dinner was an hour and a half late. All right, so number one, we're off schedule. Don't ever go off schedule. <laughs> I don't know what schedule is, but you know, don't go off of it. So then worship's about to happen. So I go down to our worship auditorium and we always go in there, uh, band, production, all that stuff. We pray together. Anytime before service, we pray together. So we're praying. In this moment, the sound stops working. The TVs, which had our projection, stopped working and the air wasn't coming on. No, sir. Give me air. Like, right now, give me air. It's hot. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm like, okay, God, what the heck is going on? Like, this is Wednesday. This is the big night, middle night. Mark and I have talked about so many things. Like we, and what was funny, in the midst of all this, we decided, because our pastor was supposed to come down and, and preach that night, but he decided that his grandson had to be born. So he wasn't coming. Pastor Mark and I are talking about, what are you going to talk about? What we brought Leah and Pamela in, and they're talking, and we're like, it got to a point where we're like, you know what, go away. You're not helping none at all. I love you. You're beautiful. He did the same thing. It didn't work. We were in trouble. But we said, go away. And he looked at me and said, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. When we grab the microphone, we'll talk. All right? We're good talkers. We'll just, we'll talk about Jesus, and everything will be good. So we're in the auditorium, and I have some of our leaders say, hey, Pastor James, you got to come here. You got you to see this. And I'm like, fantastic. Somebody has punched somebody in the face. Like, this is the thought process. All right, somebody has went off or they yell and they're crying. We got to go fix. Because I got leaders saying, well, we got this going. I'm like, you're a volunteer leader. That is what you are here for. Go fix the problem. Like, come on, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Your job at camp is to go fix the problem. I walk out. I'm like, okay. And I'm, dude, I'm like irritated. It's not. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, just, this is irritating me. So I walk out and I see 127 people circled up in the middle of the field. And I'm like, what is this? And they're praying. Out. Kids who you can come this Wednesday night and they're going to stand there like this. They were praying out loud. They're praying their hearts out. And I'm like, what in the world? And I'll never forget somebody coming and said, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to end it and we're going to go. I said, no, I'm not ending anything. 
Do you not see what this is? This is the Holy Spirit. I said, I'm on Periscope right now. So I pull my phone out. I'm talking. I'm, I'm, dude, and I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm like, God, what in the world? We go into worship, and we worship for two and a half hours, almost two hours and 45 minutes. And Pastor Mark and I never preached the gospel, and we saw 21 students give their life to Christ that night. And here's what's, here's what's crazy about that. They brought it home. Keep in mind, before summer, we were about 125 to 150. After camp, in the summer, when church is not supposed to work, we start averaging 225 in the summer. By the end of the year, we're averaging 315. The first Wednesday of this year, hold on now, hold on, this gets better. The first Wednesday of this year, we had 289. Last week, we had 306. That's just students. That's not counting my leaders and volunteers. That's students. What's our excuse, adults? They're out there running their mouth about Christ. Oh, and just to let you know, we averaged 315. We had 270 salvations. I just wanted 150 students and 100 salvations. These are 13 to 18-year-olds catching on what God has for them, catching on the grace that was a free gift, giving away. I mean, hello, if you want drama, go to a middle school or a high school, amen? And now what's funny is I can go into the schools and I see drama happening, and then I'll see them down at the altar on a Wednesday night getting everything right. I'm like, what the heck happened to you? Like, Jesus, all right. You know, they're like, they're excited. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Jesus. I'm like, give me some. You know what I mean? It's just, it's crazy. But when that started happening, you know what I understood? This is what I caught on to. His presence. Oh, my goodness. This is so good. His people are unstoppable. And and his presence. Oh, his presence, church. Have you truly felt the Holy Spirit presence? Have you ever felt the fact that his presence is unexplainable? Have you ever been in in a worship experience where only way you could explain it is the Holy Spirit? Well, when Pastor Mark told me to share with you about how God is working and growing, I said, can I just say the Holy Spirit happened? He said, no, you got to give details. That's why you got like the four-minute explanation. But truly, church, it's the Holy Spirit. You know, my prayer is this. Holy Spirit, will you flood the place and scare us to death? Because if we ever grasp the true presence of the Holy Spirit, we'll understand what verse 6 and 7 really means. And get this. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Holy Spirit, rain down, God, please. We want the churches to wake up. We want the churches to be alive. We want to have revival. Then we've got to understand that his presence, it's unexplainable. See, (laughs) never think that you're too broken to be repaired. Listen, y'all, I was a broken kid who God said, I can repair you and I will. You guys have been there. You have been broken. And a lot of times we don't want to come to Christ because we don't think he can repair us. Here's the beautiful thing about it. We're already repaired. We just have to go to him and ask for it. He's just waiting. And when you feel that presence of the Holy Spirit, you understand that our potential is unimaginable. Our potential is unimaginable. We don't invite people to church because we don't know if we can. 
We don't, we don't know if everybody else belongs because we get to a point where it's like, you know what? God can't use me. There's no way he can use me. I don't, no, 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 no. Look at verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God, what? Prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, church, here's the thing. We want people to belong, but we've got to understand this. If we focus on changing ourselves before we start changing the world, we might just change the world. You can't change something that you haven't changed yourself. It starts here. It starts here. There's no way God could use me if I did not get my life right first. Paul, who wrote this, was a man who, before Christ, went and hunted Christians, arrested them, killed them. He was the worst enemy of Christ. But then God got a hold of him. He said, no, 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 it ain't gonna happen like this. It's not going down like this. I'm gonna use you to build my kingdom. I look at it this way. Christ didn't call us just to gather. We gather to scatter. See, right now we are gathered. But when we walk out those doors, we scatter into different communities, different workplaces, different schools, different areas. And we go reach people. See, you belong, but so does everyone you meet. The same reasons why you belong in here today is the same reasons why they belong. There's a, t- a statistic in Pickens County. It tells me that because somebody asked me, said, Pastor, what you praying for this year? I'm praying for 500 students this year, but Pastor Mark said 900's coming. I said, ooh, time out, time out. But there's 5,600 students who do not go to church anywhere in Pickens County. So somebody said, what are you praying for? I said, 5,600. That's stupid. I mean, like, hello. How many people right now are unchurched in this area? Thousands. I want your pastor preaching eight, nine, ten, ten times a day. You know what I'm saying? Like, make him work. I mean, seriously. Seriously. There are thousands of people who want to belong. It is on you to make them belong. But if we're sitting back and we just want our seat, the rest of the seats will never be filled. Ever. Let me, let me, let me help you understand it this way. I'm a hat guy. I like hats. I got here this morning, everybody had their hats on. I'm like, man, y'all gonna worship with your hats on. I could have preached with one on and I, you didn't even, where's the memo? Like I love, I love hats, I love going to lids. But if you, if you know anything about me, when I go into lids, I take my time. I walk the store like three or four times. You know, I want the right hat or two or three. You know what I'm saying? Like, so there was in, I was in lids one day and a gentleman said, hey, can you help me real quick? I said, sure, why not? I mean, I just got in there. I hadn't got into the zone yet. You know what I'm saying? I said, yeah, what's up? He said, can you tell me the color of this hat? Okay, it's really weird. Like, I've never heard that before. I said, it's, uh, it's gray with some blue and some yellow trim. Like, he's like, thanks, no problem. I'm like, cool. I began to get in my zone. Like, I'm walking, I'm looking. Like, here's this section and this section. I'm like, okay, where am I going? And I know this, this sounds terrible, but it's the truth. Like, I'll look, I'm like, okay, I'm not going back to that one. I'll go to this one or I'll go to this one. Then I won't, I, I narrow it down. Like, it's gotta be the right hat. All right, it's gotta match the shoes, it's gotta match the clothes, it's gotta be the right hat. All right, I'm sick, okay? Like, it's gotta be right. 10 minutes later, he says, hey man, can, can you help me? I'm sorry to bug you, but can you help me real quick? 
I'm like, oh, you're good, man. No problem. I said, what's up? He said, can you tell me those hats? I was like, you know, gray, red, black. Told him everything. He said, thanks, man. I said, no problem. Went back doing my thing. I'm this close to picking the hat. I found the hat. Hey, sir, can you help me again? I'm like, I don't work here. Like, leave me alone. Like, what are you doing? In my mind. I was like, yeah, man, what's up? He said, can you tell me? To, and this was easy. I was like, it's navy blue with white. Like, perfect. Easy. He said, cool, I think I'm going to get that one. I was like, you could have did that 10 hats ago. Like, you know what I mean? So I walked back and I got my hat. He said, hey, man, I just want to think. I said, you know what? Can I buy your hat? Like, for real. Like, you you gotten on my last nerve, so at least let me buy your hat. Let me feel good about myself right now, you know? So I took his hat. It was buy one, get 50% off. You know, he didn't know that. So, I mean, I was like, lids, rewards, you know? So I took it and I bought it. And we started walking out the door. I said, hey, man, I... <laughs> Don't leave yet. I got, I'm curious. Like My curiosity radar has went up. I said, why in the world did you keep asking me? He said, well, man, I'm colorblind. I went from feeling this way to this. I'm like, you could have told me that 30 minutes ago. You know, I would have helped you. I would have pulled every hat down. I said, well, what do you mean? I mean, I got friends who are colorblind. They see some colors and stuff. He said, I said, well, what colors do you not see? He said, he said all of them. I'm, I'm, I see the black or white. I'm like, I never met somebody. This is interesting. Like, never met somebody who just saw black and white. He said, man, are you black? I said, no, nah, I'm a shade of gray. You know, like, give myself a little credit, you know. I said, can we go, can we go have lunch? He's like, yeah, man, come on. So we went down, we went and had lunch. Because I wanted to pick his brain a little bit. I was like, in my mind, I'm like, sermon illustration is about to happen. Like, I'm getting into this. So we sit down. He said, are you a pastor? Yeah. I am. He goes, I can tell by the questions you're asking. He's like, you want to use this as an illustration? I'm like, time out, bro. He said, it's all good, man. I'm a pastor too. I was like, ooh. He said, I'm down in Florida. I was like, this is awesome. Here's what makes the story better. He was black. I was white. Sitting in the middle of Haywood Mall food court with people watching us talk about Jesus. He said, people are going to talk. I said, we're going to have church. Come on. I realized I was talking to a black preacher, and I'm a white preacher who thinks he's a black preacher sometimes. Where's my towel? Come on, you know what I'm saying? And I'm sitting here and we're talking and dude, we start having church. I said, well, if all you see is, is black and white, like what do you see? He said, man, look over at them girls right there. She's angry and she's about to let everybody know it. I'm like, man, you crazy. He said, and this husband and wife over here, they're gonna start arguing who's gonna change the baby's diaper. I'm like, you, you crazy. 45 seconds later, this girl over here is like, would you just shut up? I'm like, oh my goodness. And then sure enough, I look over here. I'm like, okay, that one worked. Let's see if this one happens. I look over here, and sure enough, the husband and wife, she's like, they're holding the diaper. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You do it. You do it. You do it. You do it. She's like, fine, I'll do it. You know, grabs the kid and takes off walking. Y'all been there too? I'm like, what? I said, what else do you see? He said, well, they're full of joy, and they're about to laugh, and, and all of a sudden, they start laughing. He's like, something over here happened that's tragic, and they're going to start crying. And all these things start happening. I'm saying, how do you see that? He said, because I'm not looking through my eyes, I'm looking through his eyes. He said, Pastor, if we would just all be colorblind and see people for who they really are, not what we want them to be, we'll see the real picture. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Church, you belong because Jesus looks at you for who you are, not who you try to be. And church, when people come through those doors, they belong because we should look at them who God sees them as and who he wants them to be, not who we want to be. We don't get to pick and choose who comes through those doors, but we get to love the ones who show up. That's why they belong. That's why you belong. See, we love because Jesus loved first. We forgive because he forgave first. We serve others because he served first. 
We got to see through their eyes. What if, church, what if, what if we became colorblind and see people for who they really are? And we wonder why the churches aren't filled up. Who invited somebody to church today? Huh? Who invited somebody to church today? Raise them up high. And you belong? Don't they belong? How many of you say everybody that you come in contact with, they belong? Come on. How many of you say they belong? Are you going to ask them to belong? Back here, close your eyes real quick. Man, God is good. Wouldn't you agree? For by grace you have been saved. The free gift of God's grace. How many of you in here this morning say, Pastor, I know without a shadow of a doubt that if God called me home, that I would go spend eternity in heaven with him. How many of you say, you know that for a fact? Raise your hand high. You know for a fact that if God called you home, you're going to spend eternity in heaven. All right, hands down. Hands all over the place. But not every hand went up. So church, I don't know about you. Those of you who didn't raise your hands, I'm talking to you. You want a free gift today? His name is Jesus. And he wants to fill your life with something important. He wants to make you belong. You don't have to go search and seek and try to figure it all out. He's right there in front of you waiting for it to happen. See, his love is not at a distance. You can actually reach it. So if you want to give your life to Christ this morning, you want to have that relationship with Jesus, you want to understand his power being undeniable, you want to feel his presence and not be able to explain it, you want to understand that your potential goes far beyond anything you could ever think of, then pray this in your heart right now. Father God, I come to you now. And I admit that I need you. God, I've sinned. I've let you down. But Father, I believe that you died for me. And if I was the only one, you died for me. And I confess right now that I need you. Father, forgive me. Love me. Make me brand new. Call me son or call me daughter. And I will call you father. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If anyone in this room just prayed that prayer and you gave your life to Christ, would you just raise your hand up real quick? I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that. If you said, Pastor, I just gave my life to Christ. We have somebody in the first service. Anybody in here? I see you. Anybody else? Amen. Church, look at me. Can I come down here real quick? Is that all right? Can I? How about this? What if you came in here next week? Because, see, I'm going to send a text to your pastor and remind him, hey, I want you to ask the church how many people invited somebody this week. Because he needs to know, too. You don't understand how heartbreaking it is for God to open his house, but we don't invite anybody into our house. If I was to say, how many of you invited somebody to your house this week? You'd probably say, well, I had people over for dinner. Hey, there's room at the table. There's room at the table. So I challenge you right here, right now. See, I can challenge you and I can go home. I don't have to come back for a couple weeks. You see what I'm saying? I dare you. I dare you to invite somebody next week. 
and see what would happen when you walk through those doors. I invited six people to church today. Four were there, and you know, you know why I know they were there? They texted me and said, where are you at? I said, I'm not coming. They said, what? I said, you don't need to come for me, you need to come for him. One of them got saved today, I know for a fact. That's incredible. And all it took, all it took was an invite. And the only reason why I know that they got saved because they called me and I got to lead them to Christ over the phone. They got home and they said, man, this thing's messing me up. Can you help me out? I'm like, yeah. And I was about to come out here and preach. I'm like, whoo I get to do that. You know, all it took was an invite. How do you know somebody that you can invite to church next week? Now, you know what? Stand up. How do you know somebody? That, if you know somebody that you can invite to church, I want you to stand. You know what? You know why you're standing? Because God called us to be the hand and the feet of Jesus. Do not stand still anymore. You belong and they do too. Go get them. Come on, church. Let's worship.